0: This is the mouth from the Pillow Fight League and live audio wrestling, and you are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost
1: on XM Radio's Laugh Attack. And you guys better stop picking on Dave Martin, or I'm coming over to beat your ass, brother. <laughs> of a new global audience that's going to learn that it all started here tonight. Putting the word rap in rape, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
0: All right, welcome to Anything Goes with Darren Frost. We are coming to you like we do every single week here from the XM Studios in Toronto. This is a no-holds-bar talk show talking about events in the news, uh, stand-up comedy, and uh, events in pop culture. Uh, And without further ado, uh, along beside me is Kathleen McGeehan, but here's the host of the show, Darren Frost.
2: Yes, welcome back to the show. A little weird show today. Uh, Dave Martin wasn't here for the main interview, but he came a little bit late. So today we're actually recording the intro before the actual uh, it's well, a, fucked yeah, it's a fucked up show. It's a fucked up show. Usually
0: I'm a uh, early comer, but today I was a late comer. <laughs> oh, well, that's what Thank you very much, everybody.
2: So you missed our interview with John Hastings, which we will be playing uh, very shortly. Um, this weekend I had a fun little weekend, didn't have any work to do, but. Uh you know, went to the Santa Claus parade yesterday Did and throws my ass off for a fake human being. It was always fun to do that.
0: <laughs> hey, you know what? He is a corporate icon, and don't you know, don't
2: you yeah, dare diss I Santa Claus, the man in red. and Thank white. you, Coke. Thank you, Yorkdale fucking shopping mall. I, thank you. For eight minute wait between fucking floats. How does a parade have eight minutes in between fucking floats? It's got one way to go, and that's it. I don't get it. You want you
0: want to you want a parade on Crystal Math, don't you? you just want to speed them running along. And- <laughs> that's
2: what I want.
3: I think at the Santa Claus. Day parade, they should take uh they should take a mark from the Mardi Gras parades and kids should have to flash their titties for candy?
0: I don't think so, <laughs> that. Jesus Christ. How big, how big do you want your titties on your yeah, kids? First I don't of know.
2: all. They're very it, small. You, I
3: was watching the Santa Claus parade on TV and I seriously cannot think of anything worse than parade commentary. Like those those the anchor man that they had. Like, it what? was just terrible. Was well like, fuck, what are you going to say? I don't know, but we it You got was, eight <laughs> minutes to fill in between each fucking float for guys. It was sakes. the worst. And then they would just ask all these kids, and what do you want for Christmas? And they're like, I don't know. And it's Ugh. just
2: like, get your kids ready for television. My fucking kids know what they want. They tell me every fucking day. What do your day. kids want for Christmas? Wake up, daddy. Are you going to give me a Ben 10, uh, this for Ben 10? Are you going to give me a Ben 10, this, Ben 10, this, Ben 10, this? Shut the what fuck is up. What's Ben 10? It's a cartoon. And they want an Omnitrix. It's this magic thing they put on their wrist and they become bigger. Things it's just fucking it's just horseshit. I remember the days <laughs> of going through the Sears Wish Book. What did you picking want? Picking out the Barbie dolls that I wanted. Yeah. What, what did
0: you want as a kid? That back that in the day, par- if
2: if we got fucking just like a one toy, we were happy. All right. And they, they they could have been like dominoes for a week You year. don't
0: you don't think your parents were ever like, oh man, my kid is so dumb. Look how dumb my kid is. When did
2: yeah. my parents grew up in Jersey? That's, that's what that's I wanna my, That's
0: my Vito D'Amico voice. <laughs> okay,
2: Dave was doing. I don't even know who Vito D'Amico is. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that was. But, but Vito. When does my mom get? Hey, you gonna eat your fucking food On
3: Santa Claus I ain't said coming down? Like, okay. Chimney Listen, down. I did a show this week, on Saturday um, at at uh, at the the Underground Comedy Club. Oh,
2: bragging again. Go it ahead. was
3: really fun, and I got really super. Um, contact <laughs> And then they start doing this Vito D'Amico impression. impression. Yeah. I like Vito. He's really I don't know guy. who he is, but like, but his impression is fucking funny. Yeah. What did you he's, say? Yeah. Got my got kids a... are so stupid, they drowned in my hand.
0: Yeah. My <laughs> kids are so dumb, man. They drowned in my hand. Then I sold their bones for to <laughs> make some uh, chopsticks and uh, toothpicks right, out of my kid right. bones. He's got a <laughs> bit
2: of an accent. That's fair.
0: <laughs> hey, ever been so high? then. My kids are so dumb. They jump <laughs> He committed suicide by jumping out of a basement window. That's how dumb my kids are.
2: I'm Vito D'Amico. They, yeah. they thought manual labor. I'm Vito was... D'Amico and Darren Frost's mom. I don't understand how that works. But your you, mom you sounds was... like that because he was doing my impression of my mom. Was, it was leading
0: into my Vito D'Amico and and now. Yeah. Well, do you don't think your parents <laughs> ever thought you were dumb?
2: Uh, my parents, they, they knew they I was still dumb. They They told me I was dumb time and time again. Trust me.
0: So They never thought, oh, wow, what a brilliant request for a gift this yeah. season, Darren. Let me tell
2: you, though. I broke my leg twice, okay? Twice in the same place. And the first time I broke it, I walked around my house for three days. My parents wouldn't take me to the, the, the fucking hospital. <laughs> the I fucking crawled, hospital? I crawled around on the floor for three days. My grandmother had to throw me on her back and pick me up like Yoda to take me up the steps every single day. Finally, by day three, they're like, maybe a six-year-old woman with a young kid on her back like Yoda is not lying about his broken leg okay they thought I was dumb
3: Oh, okay. So now we know why you're super scarred. See, one of the I'm angry? reasons. One of the reasons See you're so I'm angry is because no one believed you had a broken leg. Okay, my mom used to get hammered
2: in the '80s. Okay, and and ask if my me, and my friends wanted to fucking Mister Freeze's in January. Darren, okay? Darren fucking lucky Darren, you. I wish my mom would Darren, get hammered. Darren was
0: once the, in a while. Darren. It was the '80s. Okay, yeah. let's just blame it on the back <laughs> <head of
2: things. laughs> was Not, the '80s. Nothing
0: happened. Good for anyone. The yeah. Everyone did 80s.
2: Everyone did anything, So you raped someone in the '80s. It was the '80s. Listen, it
3: was the '80s. Everyone was crazy. We were doing weird things. Wearing Coke. bad clothes. You're
0: putting your, you know, fingers in places that they shouldn't. That's, I, right. I, that's my favorite thing. I always love it when people blame the decade on anything that they've, you know, that they screwed up. Well, you up just on. did. Yeah, I know. That's that my favorite thing to do. It was the '80s. Yeah. He's
3: segueing into a bit of his. I know. Yeah. He yeah. <laughs> also
0: do this. I don't. I don't. Think... <laughs> yeah. You can't always See, set me up Kathleen for my bits. Darren and Kathleen
2: just talk. Yeah. Uh, Dave... I riff, and uh, Dave's like, how can I work this bit right in? I've got the veto name down now, and i got the accent, oh, and here like, comes a
0: joke. Oh, like last time when you set me up for my Christopher Walken bit. That was not a setup when you were talking
3: about the oh country my bears. Oh, God. And those are robots, Dave. Everyone's going
2: to really be impressed with the interview with uh, John Hastings that we did today, because there was no Dave.
3: No Dave and no interruptions. And it no was...
2: interruptions. It was very <laughs> No questions that went on for five minutes. Yeah, very intellectual. No still creepy guy giving us a stare. <laughs> see, see what we have to put up with. See, he just fucking stares at us like this.
0: Okay, what am I supposed to do? Here you go, good one on me,
2: Darren. Yeah, we well, go. you got it. There we go. Did That's you uh, buy that argyle sweater, or did a lady buy it for you? <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, but oh, that's a great visual joke for radio, Darren. People Definitely. know what an argyle sweater is. That's don't why you yeah. said
2: argyle sweater. Uh, so
0: what? It yeah. could be a very nice argyle sweater. That that uh, what's her is face Is there ever it? really With a Kathleen nice said, argyle
2: sweater? Come on, Dave. Was that according, according, mustache? To
0: Ka- according to Kathleen McGee, there is. When I said, she it said it was nice. When it, she said it was, it was nice, and she told me to buy it.
2: But yeah. you know what? Oh, she told you to buy it. I she didn't
0: tell, tell you to buy it. I said, should I buy this? Vagina
2: told
3: you to buy it. I didn't tell him to buy it. Vagina told. He held it up, and he's like, should I try this on? I'm like, sure. And he's like, Darren,
0: someone should dress you. Okay, so let me. Don't start throwing stones when you live in a glass house.
3: (laughs) A
2: fashion. A glass house of fashion. We touched the touchy moment with Dave here. (laughs) His glass house is what? The fucking gap, I think. That's what it is. No, Old Navy. Oh, Old Old Navy. Old Navy is the gap for poorer people. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. So I I nailed it.
3: I shop at Old Navy, like, no tomorrow. When I was there, I'm not putting her down. Because I look fabulous. Right. Uh, when I was there, I got a dresser. Dick dre- didn't dress her. I got a did thing. not dress her. Yeah. Vagina dressed you. Vagina did not
0: dress me, Terry. <laughs> yes,
3: he did.
0: <laughs>
1: no. You she picked v- it up and dina- said, should I buy this? No. Uh, ju-
2: uh, Can't vagina- you make a sweater vagina decision approved. for yourself, Dave? Vagina, approved. vagina approved. This vagina, sweater it had is a, vagina approved. Is that like a Hane sticker it, on the back? It had a Haines stamp 18, on
1: it. You vagina fucking cocksucker. So. <laughs> was that
3: with you, Darren Frost, in Kitchener? Had was a that stamp
0: with, on it. Vagina approved. Yeah. Was
3: that with you that there was the guy in the pink argyle sweater? Yeah. yeah. And his, When his girlfriend and, bought and it And for that was him. the whole thing. Is like it was his birthday, and I'm like, yeah, some bitch that you want to fuck bought that for you, didn't she? And, and he, he was like, yes. It. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, guys don't wear shit like that unless girls are like, you should wear vagina
2: and told him to buy
3: it. I didn't know. But we're we're going to clarify. I didn't tell him to buy it. I said, go ahead. If you, no. I didn't say. Why I, did he oh.
2: need the nod of approval? I, he, I, I, I don't didn't know. Really. I didn't, he needed that. I didn't pick it up for him and say, buy this. I didn't no, do that. I know that, but, but he needed that. I did not need it. I would. I, I probably
0: would have bought it anyways. He probably. Like the thing it is, it is, a, it
2: is a nice sweater. Oh, so oh backpedal, Darren. No, back, no, wait. wait you, now Darren's backpedaling. <laughs> wait, 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 is, wait. Darren loves to do this with the mustache. With the mustache, back, back, with back, the mustache back, you know, it's a nice little combo. So when the kids want to get in the van, they will look at the sweater and go, "I trust this guy," and then not look at the mustache as much.
0: Oh, you want me to molest kids, Darren? No, I don't. You are constantly creating want up you a to scenario stop of it. Being I luring children into vans.
2: I want you to stop it.
0: And that's why you have a think for yourself. That's why you have a puppy mill in your garage just to lure children. Yes, I do. Okay. Think for yourself. But
2: yeah,
0: I love puppy. And you know you what know, and, and Darren and everyone else is fixated on my mustache and now I know exactly what it's like to have tits because I'm constantly <laughs> like up here, my eyes are up here. Hello, they're up here, not down here. Not don't stare at the mouth.
3: <laughs> listen, right uh, up here. Listen, These are I am my a man, eyes. okay. Well, I have you know. ideas and thoughts and they don't come from the, my mustache.
0: Well, some of them do actually now. Where were we we were at an ice cream place? And I said, uh, well, what kind of ice cream would
2: go well with a mustache?
0: And the guy just looked at me like that. And the oh, guy fuck. was
3: like, this guy
0: yeah. is an idiot. Very funny asshole.
2: <laughs> so there's a, a big thing I want to talk about that happened in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, Glenn Foster, a comedian, uh, thatcanadianguy.com was performing. And there was someone in the front row that was texting uh, on his cell on their cell phone or BlackBerry and I'm assuming it happened more than once cuz Glenn got fed up and there's a video on YouTube that you can check out. So Glenn took the uh the gadget away from the girl and then texted the person uh, it was a guy she was texting and said, uh, "Fuck you, you have a small penis," and press sent.
0: Oh, was it? And, yeah, was it like, "Fuck you, don't text me again." Yeah, you have, you have a, small a small penis, yeah.
2: and then and then put the cell phone on the chair and did not give it back to her right away. And this is becoming quite a viral video. It's already gotten thousands of hits in less than a week. Good for Glenn. And uh, well, it's, it's it's an interesting argument. People is, are mad. People, some people are mad because they feel that Glenn went too far, and Glenn, you know, there. I'm, I'm kind of torn between it because Kenny Robinson also made it, brought up a good point on, on the YouTube comment about the fact is she was just being quiet, doing her own thing. She wasn't interrupting the show. No. So it is a little bit of too much of me, 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 me. I just care about the people that want to listen to me. She paid to get in. What the fuck can you do? that's one, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm saying that's the one side of the argument. I think that
3: if it's not intrusive, if it's not beeping, if it's not vibrating, if it's not bothering other audience members, suck it up and just let them text. Because... Why do you want them to pay attention anyway? If They're well, not going to pay attention, but...
2: It's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. Then leave. Go to the back. They good. do
3: need to... It, it needs to stop. Cell phones, but I see comics on this. I'm on my cell phone sometimes in the back, and I feel... But are you bit, in the front row? No. The, if you're in the front row, which it it's, it's completely uncalled for, in Edmonton, Andrew Iwanek, um, who's, a, who's a comedian from Edmonton, he's a little bit wacky.
2: <laughs> does he wear Argyle sweaters?
3: He actually does, and he looks really cute in them. Okay, good. But anyway, so... Um, <laughs> But he had a girl texting in his show, and and it was actually making noise, and she was being obnoxious. So he's like, he he didn't even ask her. He grabbed the phone. Right, that's what God did. Just took he it, yeah. started texting, and this was like classic. This was like this is an empty moment that we talk about all the time. It's like he texted this person, "You were great last night. Can I see you again?" The person texts back and said something, and then he goes, um, "I just wanted to tell you something. You should probably get tested. My vagina looks like a rotten pomegranate."
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. so funny. He, he's good if he can text the word pomegranate. I don't know. He how to spell is that.
3: lucky that he didn't get in. Like, that That girl could have really been a bitch about oh, yeah. it and done something. He was lucky he got a girl that did it. Andrew Iwanick is a person that can. He will put a girl on stage and figure out the size of her vagina using algebra. He will braid her hair. He, right. yeah. For some reason, he has this charm over women. But, I mean, it still doesn't excuse anybody from using their cell phone during a show. Leave the room.
2: I
0: don't give a shit. You know what? I, I, I think Glenn's totally in the right. You know, this woman, she's up front. She's paid to go to see a show. Even if she didn't like Glenn and she wanted to text, get up out of your fucking seat. Go to the back of the room and text whoever the fuck you want. In, in my opinion, it's disrespectful. I've seen people, like, this weekend I hosted a show for Kenny Robinson at the Downtown Club. Right. And someone in the front row had their hands underneath the table and they were texting. And then I, I called the guy out and I said, first of all, if you're going to be a jackass and you're going to text... At least do it above the table, or go to the back of the fucking room, because you're just sitting there and you're te- and you're with your hands underneath the table. And you look and you're staring down at your crotch. It looks like you're sad or depressed and some horseshit like that. It was just like I, I couldn't imagine. It was just I, I was I don't I, no excuse. What was and what was Kenny's excuse for Glenn should not have done that because
2: he didn't say he shouldn't have, but no, he could understand. his argument? His, his argument was more. I mean, I can pull up the clip, but his his argument was more. There is that sense of who cares? Like they could just be staring off into space in the front row. You're not going to connect with everyone. You know, you just concentrate on the people that are connecting with you, and it's not so much me, 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 me. Because really, it is ego talking that this one person. How dare they not be watching the show and watching me and communicating with someone else?
3: Oh. That it is the ego
2: is. of it. But I'm saying, yeah, but that's the whole point of stand-up comedy. You're there to watch someone present something to you. Uh, I'm falling somewhere in between. I side more with Glenn, but I can understand the other argument. It's not like she was talking on a cell phone, which interrupts. It's not like she was heckling. She's just quietly doing her own thing. I don't know.
3: It's just the way that society is now, and you can hate it or you can... Not care, like I know for for myself, I check my Facebook constantly, and I feel like why am I checking? I just checked this five minutes ago, but it's just the way we are. We have these cell phones, we're always in touch with something, and we always feel like we should be checking to see if someone said that picture was funny or to see if we our our last tweet got uh retweeted or something <laughs> seriously I, I, though like that's know. the but that's the way a lot of society is, it's especially a, a people that are younger
0: society
3: it, it's just like I mean. There were people that grew up in the 50s that are looking at the, the 80s and like, oh, kids these days. But these are kids these days. This is what the world is like. So either comedy clubs are going to have to have people check their cell phones at the door, which I know some places do that. Like Really? <laughs> well, not comedy clubs, but I went to a Price is Right taping, and you were well, not yeah, allowed good. to have that. Good. I even went to a, a movie tape uh, pre-screen, yeah. and they searched you. If you had a cell phone on you, you could not take it in because I good. guess they didn't want you yeah, taping yeah, the yeah, show. Of but. I mean, it's just the way the world is, and you can hate it, and I think it's really disrespectful. And, um,
0: well, here, here's the story. Here's well, what happened. you know what? It's the 40s. We're rounding Jews up. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, <sighs>
2: Jesus. <laughs> always, Dave. always. Just
0: because that's the way it is doesn't mean it's, it's right or anything I want like
3: to keep
2: getting you in a van, and you always bring up the 40s, and they're but that's rounding all, up. I, I didn't to...
3: say it was right. I said, unfortunately, that's just the way our way society is. has started well, to move. Check
2: this out. I was at a doctor's office. Um, and I'm in a waiting room, and a guy comes on the cell phone, and he, he has to say to his buddy, I'll call you right back. And he gets his number, and he does this thing, he checks, and he sits down, it's a crowded waiting room, and he calls the guy back and loudly says, and everyone can hear him, Sorry I had to hang up on you, on you there. I had to just check into a waiting room, uh, uh, you know, a doctor's office. You know, everyone's sick here. I don't even want to be here. Probably going to catch something from someone. And he's, like, saying all this. Around people. Around the people that he's fucking talking about. Like, loud enough, I'm like, I almost said to him, you're a little bit of a fucking cunt. People don't. I-, I wanted to just turn to him and go, you're a fucking cunt. This world is,
3: has, everybody, everyone's become about about me. Nobody cares, gives a shit about anybody. I am like this. You're like this. You're like this. Everybody is like this. They only care about themselves these days. Manners are gone.
2: Well, I don't know Politeness if I'm, I'm that gone. level. I would never talk on a phone and be that loud and say that things about other people like that.
0: But a, a lot of people, like, I'm, I know I'm always the kind of person that if someone... Um, you know, if if if, uh, if if I get a call, if I get a call, and if I'm at a table with other people, I'll get up and I'll leave the table. Right? And no, you somewhere. won't.
3: That's bullshit, Dave. I've been with you when you sit and take calls in front oh, of me. Oh so no, don't. It's a throw I take down. calls in front of you, but
0: no. I would say, can excuse me, I'm gonna, I'll go take a call. That's only else. when
2: you're talking about conversations you don't want the other person to hear. Yeah, that's not true. That yeah. But true. that's bullshit. Don't I I say know. that you do that because you don't do. do that. So welcome do do back, that. Dave. I'm glad you made it. <laughs> uh, you're not here for the interview, but we'll do the wrap up of the show with Dave. So when we come back from the break. Uh, we'll be talking to John Hastings with just myself and Kathleen in more of a 60 minutes kind of interview.
1: Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
0: Uh, hey, everyone, this is Nug, and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost on Laugh Attack XM Radio. I listen to it, too, so now I'm listening to me listening to me. Oh, weird.
1: Wipe off your face. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
2: Welcome back. Our guest today is John Hastings, young comedian. He is under 10 years in comedy, so that means he's (laughs) a happy motherfucker. Isn't that (laughs) your definition by Kathleen? (laughs) Listen, I'm still enjoying myself. Exactly. Just because you're dead inside now.
3: Right. I look forward to the day that I realize that I'm dead inside. Yeah, but... were you,
2: you're happy to play Barry over and over again? <laughs> like an... I'm
3: playing Barry for the first time with Arthur Simeon in two weeks. Oh. I'm so excited. You're going
4: to Barry with a black guy? Yes, you are I am. Get, you were going to get murdered. Yeah.
3: No, I'm not. You guys are so racist.
4: First of all, just because I'm happy doesn't mean I'm not dead inside, Darren. So how That's right. Are you?
2: That's right. Well, you know what? I... Good point. it is true
4: because you see it's yes under 10 years in comedy but I went to theater school for 4 years whoa that counts if you want your happiness to go it's not that your happiness is depleted it's what it is is that there's too much talk about emotions for four years and then you have to light that professionally right. and then talk to a gay man who's wearing some sort of spanks that are sparkly about a dress, and then you just want to go home and cry. So there's a lot of there's a lot of hate wow. and bile inside me, but Did I just, you go
3: to a prestigious theater school or um, did you go to a community college? I went
4: to a I went to Concordia <laughs> University, which Whoa. used to be prestigious. When I went there it was like eh, not so great, and it was like starting to get some reputation. It was in McLean's this year.
2: Wow. Oh McLean. McLean. Remains. According same. to
4: my um, alumni u- newsletter that my mom read. Was that in the totally same,
2: uh, same issue where they said that all the corruption is in Quebec?
4: Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was the same issue, but that's completely true. I think we
2: can draw a line there. All the corruption cor- in I, Concordia. Here's
4: the deal. There is a lot of corruption in Montreal. I lived there for five years. It's the only place that I, I have seen like a nice, reputable coffee place paying protection to the mafia.
3: Yeah, there is a mafia. Listen, my uncle is Italian. He's originally from Montreal, and he would always tell me when I was a little kid, he's like, "If you don't behave, I'm going to go send you with my mobster relatives. <laughs> send you to live with them." And I was like, "Cool." Oh, it's yeah, it's
4: completely <laughs> true. Most bars have a guy who's there who is the bar drug dealer. There's never street crime ever in Montreal because they don't want any heat, and it's it's fantastic. It's a very safe city. Unless, you know, you accidentally shove a guy in a bar and turns out he's a hell's angel, then you're going to get an mm-hmm. ice pick in your eye and your uh, grandmother's going to get raped. So.
3: Well, I know that, but that's what's what's wrong, wrong with that? Can I say rape on XM? No, you can't. I don't know you why. Can, you know what? You can actually rape on XM. <laughs> that's right. You can do penetration. You can, <laughs> yeah. you can do full penetration.
4: Darren, I'm, yeah. I'm shocked that you haven't done that. On oh, I have. Yet. Why do you think
2: Dave's not here <laughs> this week? He's taking a week out. <laughs>
3: right. he's, is, is his colon
4: needs a week off. How do you interview guests... When you're so you're just buggering the shit out of Dave yes, Martin, where yes. he's like, okay, so here's my point, Darren. Yeah. And then you just have, you just like, I don't know why I hit the microphone, but I was trying to simulate, so it's that noise, yeah, suddenly. over and over
2: again, yeah. Oh, wow, and that's why me and Dave have to be in another room, and then we have you and the other people interviewed in this room, you can't yeah. see what's happening. You can't see the dead-insideness of Dave. That's why he's well, because see.
4: it's sort of above everything is still, and then below your hands are That's a right. flurry of That's movement right. on his crotches. He's trying to sidle away and find some mace, and you just cackle and say, I'm a AAA headliner motherfucker, now suck. Take this, or you're
2: gone. Yeah, <laughs>
4: You want to be in showbiz, bu- show you suck Frostman's cock.
2: Do you, I, do you ever
4: refer to yourself as Frostman?
2: No, it's always Frosty. People call me Frosty.
4: Yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: frosty, or people see me in public, they go, "Hey, fucky," which is really great with my kids. You know, that's always fun. Like, yeah. look who's around me. Then maybe use a word for my stage act.
4: I got news for you. If you want to make about a hundred thousand dollars in this business, and I'm sure you do, here's what yeah. you're gonna do. You're gonna sh- find that famous video of you rubbing your bum yes. on that guy. If you have it on tape,
2: I don't have that one. Oh,
4: if you did, I know. that would be just. I would just pay. Fucking to see gold. Your kids' face. Oh, the, oh. At 18, watching that video, being like,
2: "Dad, yeah." Well, there's lots of videos that they're going to be like that, anyways. <laughs> so I don't need the rubbing in the face. That
4: one. one in particular, I think, would be a little because you have to. Yeah. I think 18, though, because then they're completely legal. You're yes. absolved of
2: any problem. You're like, yes. "I
4: got you here." Yeah. Now guess what's paying for? Not much, but this. Quick. Yeah. How
2: do you what? think you're going to university? Daddy had to rub his ass on an 18 year old kid once. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. going to
3: happen though, Darren? When your kids? How old is your oldest right now? Seven. Okay, so I have two half brothers, and they're seven and nine. Yep. And they Googled me, right? And they have been banned from Googling their right. older sister. Right. What are you gonna do when your kids are? Well, gonna... I don't,
2: I'm gonna cross that when I when I come. <laughs> You're just gonna wait. You don't I'm want just to... gonna, you know. Honestly, it's yeah. I'm pretty much fucked. They're gonna watch anything on me on YouTube, and it's gonna be bad. That's why I can't do anything else. People go, "Why don't you quit and go back to your business world?" I can't. They Google me. It's fucking over. I'm done. Yeah, like your kids are gonna your your kids are gonna say fuck once you were like fuck is a bad word, but dad, you call people fucky. Yeah, exactly. I don't
4: I don't really necessarily think people are a uh, business would prevent you from doing that. If you said you were retired from comedy, you could go back into the business world. But if you're tra- mm, trying to do both, you it's think tough. so? Yeah, yeah. They would
2: literally yeah. be like, Uh, yeah.
4: we would hire you for this accounting yeah. job, Mister Frost." Except for the video of you talking about uh, wishing old... AIDS
2: on a crowd, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really it's not really appropriate. There'd be one hell of a Christmas reel if I got a job, and then all of a sudden this just comes out. Look what we found about this guy. Oh, that's
4: an excellent point. Yeah, it's
2: very, very difficult. Now, you, I always thought, for some reason, I always thought you started in Ottawa, because I don't play Montreal for my own reasons, which we'll get into. Uh Shocked, uh, but, shocked um, that you will talk
4: about yourself. I always yeah. saw
2: you in Ottawa, so that's why I'm like, oh, you started in Ottawa, but of course you didn't. You started in Montreal?
4: Yeah, I started in Montreal. Uh, pretty fascinating. I was a theater actor, and someone told me you could make $25 a night. on a weekend telling jokes, Mm -hmm. and this is the state of Canadian theatre, I said, $25, (laughs) and I don't have to rehearse or anything? And they're like, yeah, and I said, sign me up. So I started doing an amateur night, and I uh, never looked back. Um, And, yeah, it was pretty exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I liked Montreal as a comedy city to learn in, and uh, I think there's a, a big lesson to be learned, especially in Canada, that people should be very careful when they come to a place like Toronto because there are a lot of rooms... But Toronto's a place where you can get locked into being someone who's playing certain types of rooms, and you never go into comedy clubs, which is where comedy right. kind of exists. Right. Montreal is the opposite. You have to go into the comedy clubs because there isn't really anything else. And I there's found, a couple of small
2: rooms, but it's not yeah, enough. There's yeah. There's
4: a couple of small rooms, and it's also nothing's going to sustain you. And at the same time, it's also you're not going to hone your craft like in Toronto. You can. Go to a place. You can work just some place like Spirits, which is sort of an inside baseball thing for to say on the radio. But if you work there, that's very similar to a comedy club, so you can get the same experience in Montreal. There's no room that's like that. There's like shows in lofts and stuff like that, but it's not the same as a comedy club experience. So you really strive to learn how to do that craft and get on and do seven minutes. And they also have sort of rules and they kind of watch you. Like there, you can't you can't do any jokes if you're hosting. You have to spritz for the entire show. really? Yeah, you can't. Like, the owner, I've seen him do it. I have seen him pull hosts off mid-show because they're doing just, just jokes and he doesn't want that because there's so few people that you have to be able to do an MC spot first weekend of the month, come back and be doing an Oh, I see. Spot.
2: Oh, that's the reason.
3: He doesn't want you to burn the material, not because he's, yeah. Oh, okay. But what uh, you're seeing...
4: He doesn't want you to burn the material, but at the same time, I think it also provides a good lesson that it creates a lot of people who know how to host. The bad part of it is it also teaches bad habits because you get a lot of people who will side towards... Pandory comedy. Right.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, like, I agree with the whole thing. A lot of people um, say that starting in Toronto is the best place to start comedy. I think it's probably the worst place to start comedy. I think starting a small market. I started in Edmonton, and it's the same thing. You don't have mm-hmm. these really great open mics that anybody can go to. You have Yuck Yucks, or you have the other people, and you've got to work on their stages and follow their rules. And I found that comics that start in smaller markets are more respectful of stage time than comics in Toronto. Because comics in Toronto, can, you can go to four different shows a night. One of them might be quality and the others nobody's listening to you or it's just comics. But like you're, they're still like, oh, I'm doing four shows a night. I'm doing four shows a night. But you're not sticking to your time. You're mm-hmm. not following. Because when I was at Yuck Yucks, if you went over your time,
2: you would not get a spot for a month. Oh, yeah, okay, a- but then there's also the negative to starting in a smaller area, yeah. and that is the bubble that it creates of bullshit and hierarchy and also back padding for lame comedy which is the problem in towns like Montreal and Ottawa, I've seen a lot of lame comedy and the guy will get off stage and everyone, because they're a friend, mm. will be like, great set, man, that was amazing. Yeah. And then the guy will walk away and they'll say something bad about that person. I, I, I'm not saying that doesn't happen in Toronto. Yeah, I was
4: about to say but that That, that, that happens.
2: happens a lot in Toronto. But what I, what I mean is because everyone's so friendly with each other in these smaller markets, it does breed this idea of false sense of how funny someone is because everyone's telling you, that was great, that was great, when it wasn't great.
4: That was that was almost the opposite experience. Experience of, uh, of me being in Montreal, to be honest with you. There was not a lot of back padding for any of the comedians. There was a lot of older, grizzled headliners. And this didn't happen to me, but I saw it happen to a lot of people being taken aside and being criticized, being screamed at, being told, for example, of women... Um, women can never be funny. Oh, what are you going to do? You're going to talk about your periods? That's fucking. Dis- that's stupid. And the the per- comedian in question wasn't even talking about that. She was doing observational jokes. Right. There was there was no encouragement. It was sort of us against everyone else. And there was a lot of guys who thought that's how you came up in comedy was to sort of rough and tumble. There wasn't a lot of backpack. Which I don't.
2: I've never agreed with. I think that's yeah. That bullshit. is wrong.
4: Oh my god. It. I. I can't stand it. And I see some people getting into it now and again especially I'll go back to much smaller markets Montreal Ottawa um, that will do that sort of intimidation style and it's like dude why are you trying to prospect, protect your spot as a headliner in Ottawa or in yeah. Montreal yeah. like you not yeah. doing, like I'm not I'm not going to try bigger and, yeah I'm not going to try and protect my spot in Toronto cuz I I would hope that I get to leave this spot eventually and someone like it's Canada is a, a country where you move up you don't necessarily get proponent at stage time but you kind of move up into city and what you can do and then you hopefully Unfortunately, but you have to, I think, jump somewhere else and go. And that's what I think the advantage of a small market is, is it teaches you that. I do see what you mean that lame comedy can be encouraged, but... I don't know. There's some pretty lame comedy in Toronto, too. and Oh, no,
2: no, there is. But I don't... What I mean by that is because mm. everyone is, like, hanging out and they're friends and there's only so many guys, it then it then becomes this kind of back-padding thing. I guess it's probably more in Ottawa than Montreal, although Montreal was that way in the 90s, and I like haven't really been there when you were coming up. Yeah. So it's probably a lot different. But that was always my problem with those two markets. It's like, uh, you know, it's... You can't you can't get a real sense of how well you're doing when everyone thinks you're great all the time.
4: No, like, I agree, and I think you can only get the real sense of how well you're doing is if you go to a place that you're completely and totally uncomfortable, right. and you can still work. If you can go to fucking Blythe, Ontario, and do well in your sanding on a fucking toolbox, speaking into a megaphone, and you can get some laughs out of those people, then you know kind of what you're doing. Right, I agree. Most people can. I wouldn't say not a comedian, but an open micer could do reasonably okay at the downtown Toronto club on a Friday in front of a hot crowd. Cause they're just there to laugh. It's when you're, they're not there to laugh. They're there to scream at you or attack you or to drink. That's when sort of comedy is proved. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I forgot what the question but the that's I was. But
3: that's when I thank God for my <laughs> Alberta Road right, Days. of course. Because, like, seriously, mm-hmm. I can handle any crowd because I've done the shittiest rooms in Canada.
2: Well, to me, the argument is also uh, it bleeds into the alternative, not alternative comedy, meaning for me, you want to be truly alternative. You don't go to a venue that's advertising alternative comedy and do something different. Yeah. You should take that to the masses of a small suburb who is expecting one kind of comedy, but you're doing your kind and it still works. That to me can also be a true test of whether it's funny or not. If you're just playing to the Rivley on a Monday night who's like, Ooh, it's gonna be crazy yeah. then it's not really that alternative.
4: I also don't think you can be necessarily alternative and name yourself alternative. Well, if you of know course what I not. Mean. Of course not. That doesn't work because you're you're it's like uh it would be like if Nirvana came out and were, was like, we're grunge, man. Like Nirvana went blatantly just tried to be themselves. They weren't trying to be anything else. They were like, we're a three-piece punk band. That's what we are. And everyone else added everything else. These guys that go out and be like, we're alternative comedy. I'm not going to work the clubs. I'm going to do that. It's like, well, you're not getting the full experience. It's like saying, I'm going to be a chef, but I'm only going to work with a fork. I'm not going to use a knife right. or anything else. So it's like, well, okay, so you're you're not going to be as well-rounded a performer, so that's fine. Um I think
3: most comics that are labeled alternative comics... Are not labeling themselves that oh, other no. people do. A it's lot. it's just like it's those people yes. that are like I'm alternative. I only produce my own shows. Fuck the the corporate comedy world. Fuck the clubs. And it's just like no, you're just not good enough to get on a roster. <laughs> like <But> to <laughs> me,
2: to me, there's a period where people thought Doug Stanhope was alternative, and to me, Doug Stanhope is not alternative. He's, he's traditional. He's very I... very traditional in the way he presents his comedy and they're his thoughts and their original thoughts. But it's a traditional style. It's not fucking with the style or yeah. fucking with presentations. So, I don't understand why it would be considered that. Oh, right. It's a label that gets people in that don't normally go to comedy clubs. This yeah.
4: is a sidebar conversation, but was actually, I watched Janine Garofalo's comedy for the first time. Right. People always talked about it. And. That, to me, was an alternative com- comic, and I, I don't want to offend anyone, but right. the alternative, of course, from comedy is not funny, right. and that's what it was. It was so goddamn irritating, and and if that's what alternative comedians are trying to strive for, towards, why are they trying to be you, a then comedian? Then you don't want to be an alternative it's just, comedian. Literally, there was a four-minute joke about Spanx that didn't have a punchline and barely had a setup. She was just describing what she was wearing under her dress, and I was right. like, this is not interesting, and she had a notepad. like. I could understand if we a notepad, but she's in a theater. Like, there's, You're just doing that as an affectation. I don't understand this sort of importance of people trying to be like, we're alternative. And I think it is disappearing pretty rapidly. Yeah. I think more and more people are just being comedians, especially if you look at sort of who's sort of, the, the word coming up doesn't necessarily work, but the the kind of people after me in my generation of, of, of where I stand, like sort of the people who next becoming middles at Yuck Yucks or doing whatever, they are using sort of more alternative styles or tricks but are like' doing very traditional type of jokes like i think it's all merged together because alternative comedy for those of you out there was a backlash towards that like Airline Food hotel jokes, yeah, and in of the America 80s.
2: it was also to get rid of the two drink minimum and a high charge and a high cost of fee to come and see the comics that you want to see, which mm-hmm. are, were getting almost kind of stonewalled in those comedy clubs they couldn't perform in there or they were told they had to have so many laughs per minute there There was a need for alternative comedy, an alternative to comedy clubs, but I think it like anything, it just became a flash in the pan, it grew mm-hmm. too big, so therefore the ones that started it weren't too happy that they probably started it well, it's
3: because everyone's obsessed with. With labeling people. Like, I don't want to be a female comedian. I don't want to be an alternative Sorry, comedian. You are. No, but I want to be a comedian.
2: Sorry. Oh, do you? But no,
3: it's just that's what it is. Like, oh, okay, well, you're a girl, so you can do the all girl show.
2: Yeah. I can't do the all girl show. I know.
3: Well, you know what? I just did the Gorgeous Ladies of Stand Up, and guess who was on that show? Boyd Banks. Right. <laughs> it was awesome.
4: Was
2: he dressed up like a No, girl? I
3: was a little oh. pissed off about
2: that. but It's fucking misrepresentation.
3: Yeah. No, I know. I'm not saying, oh, I don't want to be a girl. I'm just saying that, that why can't people just be like, oh, it's a comic?
4: Because yeah, like, they they like they because people like to label things and they yeah, like to be that's... ridiculous and it's so it's so funny to me. Like I remember like, back to starting in Montreal, there was French comedians and English comedians. Right. and There was it again. It was less and less then, but for a long fucking time, French and English comedians hated each other because everyone had money on the French side, and there are a lot of French acts who are doing literally nothing. Like they just make a noise in the audience because they're so starved for acts that are their own. They just Love applaud them. and go crazy. Like if oh, yeah. you want to see how to make a star system in Canada, you look at how Quebec did it, which is sure. that they literally just went to the people and went, "What do you What do you want?" And they're like, "We want French musicians and we want French comedians," and all the networks there just went fine, invested money, and in created a circuit around the province so that you, literally in the tiniest town possible you will have a comedian there every month you're paying top dollar the comedians paying top dollar then they move on get a television show da, 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 play the bell center make their big nut and then move on into production it's insane but that's how they they do it and they are so hated by a lot of the English guys and then right back all the French guys think the English guys are like these like ridiculous alcoholics who don't work hard which is why they don't make money
2: which is usually the case but
4: <laughs> they still so- work hard they're just drunk. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, those aren't mutually exclusive, are they? Oh God! <laughs> I hope not. I don't even drink, but I've seen a lot of great comedies from people that are drunk. Yeah, that's true. See, I but can't, the, the thing I can't is, I have no problem with the whole idea that the the French got together and almost they also created almost like a union in that if you're gonna co- perform, you cannot perform for less money. They didn't. They, they, they didn't
4: like create. They are part of the Actors Union. And they're part of the UDI. If you're a French comedian, you're part of ba- the equivalent of ACTRA.
2: Right, but that does not cover live engagements.
4: It does. Incom- oh, it does? It, their union, oh, do we wish we had this union. Like, literally, like, it, they, it covers live engagements. It's all one union. Um, and I saw there was one issue. A friend of mine had one issue where he literally, his writer, and he's like, I don't care, but I have to do this because the union will be on me. Right. He makes one call, fine, phone call, and I think I may have, it may have been two minutes, and there was, like, Black Car Stewart out in going... Why isn't this for uh, my performer? This, this, and this. You're getting fined this amount. You have 20 minutes. Go. And because, and the thing is, he's like, yes, it makes me look like a dick, but at the same time, he's got health. He's doing well. Yeah. And like, that's the thing.
2: I'm playing to 30 people in fucking Barry. Yeah. yeah, It's it's
3: just what a normal person would expect out of a job. But. When you had a good summer this summer, you were at Just for Laughs, and you won the homegrown competition, which is a, which is a big deal for a Canadian
2: comic. Yeah. Going home and doing it there?
4: Yeah, it was a little messed up. Uh, it was a little bizarre to do that. Um, yeah, it was one of the most bizarre things in my entire life. It made me feel, uh, made me feel successful for the first time in comedy, which is nice. Because as much as uh, getting paid for, it's nice. Sometimes you're getting paid for it, and you're in Barrie, and there's 10 people, and you're like, this yeah. is blood money. Yeah. But going there was crazy. It was one of the most stressful things I've ever done because it was basically a week of me sitting with 7 minutes of jokes and drilling them into my head. I didn't get to en- I didn't get to enjoy the festival in any sort of traditional sense like most people go and um And th- that was your
2: first time there, right? It was my first time there. Yeah, no one enjoys the festival their first time there.
4: Everyone goes and gets bombed. I I didn't yeah. I literally sat in my hotel room, smoked a inordinate amount of cigarettes. And went over my set and then just would go to shows and then go back and do it again. Uh, And it kind of worked out because in my head it was the only time that I was like, if I don't win this, I might actually just quit. Because it's sort of like one of those things where it's like, it's not that this is a super important thing, but it's that I put so much into it. Right. uh, And then to win it was insane. And I legitimately thought uh, I wasn't going to. Like, there's also a lot of rumors around it if, if it's fixed or not. I honestly have no idea about that it just it felt insane to win. I would describe what it was like to win, but I have no idea. Like I literally they said my name, I remember crying in front of the crowd like <laughs> a little 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 pussy and then my mom hugged me, and then I kind of came to on the stage of the Comedy Nest in Montreal.
2: And I have that clip, by the way. It's going to be on my next DVD of you crying and then hugging your mom. Aww. Beautiful.
4: Yeah, yeah great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're just calling me a pussy and then running up in your Leather Chef <laughs> outfit and fucking my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, and waking up in the Comedy Nest, which is a place you never want to wake up in Ouch. because uh, it's, um, it's a nice club, but it used to be, it should have been a Payless shoe store is what it was supposed to be. <laughs> in the Montreal Forum, old Montreal Forum. In form. the Montreal Forum. So here's the issue with it. It has giant high ceilings, and a lot of... Um, um, Montreal has an area where they keep the old white white people called the West Island. Right. And they're literally kept there until they die. And there's a giant cemetery and then you go into the cemetery and you, you just – and then it psycho repeats itself. And they like to come to the comedy nest. So it's like you're literally playing all these amazing Just for Laughs shows. Then you go to the comedy nest and it's just an older crowd. And, like, my last show there, it was, like, Derek Edwards, Mike Wilmot, Steve Patterson from The Debaters. And then, like, me and Nathan McIntosh, and we're like, I can't believe... And we're with our favorite comedians. And every single person struggled on that show just because that audience is just so rude. And that was, like, the most yeah. nice part because it grounded me right back. And, like, well, yeah. you literally went from, this is a big deal. The people in that competition would have liked to win it. You won it. There's ton of people who want to be part of this. You won it. Good for you. It has been 30 minutes maybe since you won it. You are now struggling through trying to find a laugh with the same set of jokes in front of a sold out crowd at the Comedy Nest, and that just makes you feel kind of good.
3: But that's what happens in comedy. Like, you win something, it sort of legitimizes legitimate whatever I can't say the word. <laughs> it makes you feel good about yourself. It, it does. makes your family it's be legitimate like, okay. My size is you. <laughs> it makes your family realize, okay, this isn't just a little thing.
4: That's and good you go, transponding. You there, do definitely. the thing,
3: like, you do the show, you have a great time, and you're back at Yuck Yuck's the next night doing it for 20 people that don't oh, have yeah. an idea and, who you are. Don't give a shit. And uh, it's, but that's what I like about comedy is you can't get too full of yourself. You can't get your let your ego get out of control because it's it'll crush you. And because as, none of the comics give a shit about anything. They're all jealous that you won. You know, it's that's just the way. That's it
4: the is. other funny thing. It's literally that was so funny to me. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, was in the competition uh, with me, and he got emails within 20 minutes that he should one guy with well, this is my favorite one one guy wasn't there wasn't there was in somewhere else on a road because I know someone who was with him said to my friend I was there you were robbed <laughs> and that, I was there in my mind and that John Hastings has stolen some of my material <laughs> and I, I literally I like took all my power I took the higher road and was like I'm not gonna contact this guy but, like, the joke in question involves my name, and his name is not John. His name is something else right. that starts with a K and ends in heaven. So how does that? Like, <laughs> like you
3: can the, say names on this show. We love it when people say names. I can't,
4: I can't yeah. say names because this guy's a bit vindictive. Uh, but it's sort of that sort of idea. Is, that's my, and actually, I like, too, is that people care that much that someone else achieves that they're like, I'm going to make up a lie. I'm yeah. going to make up a lie. Like why are you wasting your time? Go because, write a joke.
3: Because this is what happens because I when I when I won the Russell Peters thing, there were people that were happy for me, mm-hmm. but there were also people that were mad. And when I first met Russell Peters, I'd never met him before and um and he said to me, So you you're you I think you're funny. Do you have haters? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know And he's like, You have haters and be prepared to get more haters because you're funny. Right. And people other comics who are gonna are gonna hate you because you're funny. I
4: don't know why people It's just the way it is. Like, Darren, any insight being the uh, elder statesman of comedy in the room over 10 years? Well,
2: I mean, comedy is based on ego. And and when someone else gets something and you don't, you feel like that light's not on you. Yeah. And I'm not defending it. I'm saying that's what their mindset is. But what they don't understand is that they're not in the same league as you, meaning like me and you will never, ever go for the same thing. And TV and acting and a voice—we will never go. So if you get something and I don't, getting it's upset no about it is a comment on you, Darren. Is a comment on my ego is exactly. so out of fucking control. It's like I've seen like black comics get upset with white comics and something. Like, you guys aren't in the same category. No, it's
4: it's and it's, it's and not. It's, it's also, I think it's individual, it's an individual sport and you can't compare, it's also the same thing, like if you are in a relationship with well, of someone course. and you compare yourself to another relationship, that's going to end your relationship yes. faster than anything. Right. Same thing in any sort of performance, art, because you hit the nail on the head, we are very different acts, Right. people are expecting different things. Exactly. If you, like, if you walk on stage, they're looking for you to do what you do, Right. Like you can't, I don't know if you're necessarily aware of this, I actually want to talk to you about something, uh, too. Um, but are aware of, like, that you do look like someone who would be doing dirty comedy. I look like someone who might not be doing necessarily what I do, but in that vein. Like, I can't go up and be like, cocks, vagina, rape! Right, Because right. I'm 6'4", and it looks like I might rape someone. Right. You know what and I mean? And it's
3: not part of your act, though. Like, you, it's like if I start do mm-hmm. all my jokes, and then, and so what's the deal with this? Like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't flow, and so... I mean, I find myself getting frustrated and, and jealous of other people, but then I, I'm working really hard at just being like, Kathleen, shut up, because you're getting opportunities yeah. that Everybody gets getting... jealous, and there's yeah.
2: nothing wrong with that, but you have to be self-aware that you are getting jealous. Exactly. And you have to put it in check. I mean, I've been jealous of other comics that get things in my category because I want them, but after a week, I become happy for them that they got it. Maybe exactly. it took me a week to go, oh, boo-hoo, I'm boohoo me, and I deserve it, but generally that goes away. And when you're in it long enough, you just know your own feelings Feelings are going to be a certain way, and you have to accept them. And if
3: you're funny enough, you're going to hit those marks, and you're going to get them. Right.
2: Let me say, I was jealous of Darren's appearance
4: on, I think it was The National that he posted on YouTube a couple of weeks back. When he was a very different type of comedian.
2: Oh, I love. That. Oh, the happy pant days. Yeah.
4: All right. Um, Let's. I because I I don't know Darren that well. Yeah. I did know that he was a different type of comedian. But I'm sure. I'm, a
2: different type
3: of
4: comedian. I am. I'm fascinated because I was a when I started. I was like I did uh, impressions. I was sort of like trying to be all weird and like I did an impression of a ship. All that sort of stuff. I did not. I did that for like two months and then sort of turned into just a guy who talks. Right. It appears to me that were you headlining? Headlining. Okay. So.
2: Headlining man. <laughs> I couldn't walk down Young Street without people coming up to me and yelling at me and yelling my catchphrase at me. And I mean, that shit used to kill.
4: But here's the question: comedy is based in honesty. Is that the real Darren? No, of course not. That's why I
3: got
2: rid of it. This is the real Darren. That's why I got rid of it. Now, people would still say to me off stage, "It's like you're hilarious off stage and you're angry. What do you keep putting those funny pants on for?" And I'm like, "Well, because you know, I want to entertain the crowd." And at a certain period in your career, it takes some people longer. You realize you're not really there for the crowd per se. You're Mm -hmm. there for yourself. Yeah. Some people that takes six months. Some people it takes five years, and it depends on who you are. And that's what happened.
4: Okay. So, but what was like? What was even? What was that Rain Man thing? Because I tried oh, to do you, I don't math. even want to talk about that. No, too bad, buddy. Because I, cause I can't There's nothing funnier than line...
2: someone developably challenged to have to fucking masturbate. That's hilarious. You take someone with a problem, you make them masturbate. You can do that with anyone. I know. That's That's celebrity <laughs> masturbating hey. and oppression masturbating. It's masturbation. My, my first
4: joke was Stephen Hawking masturbating. And I right. just stood on the stool and went, mm, that wasn't even my first joke. I was a better guy than that. Uh, but here's my question. Uh, What was the transition from? Was it like a day? Was it a week? No, it
2: took a a good year because I was a headliner and I had to get material to replace all that material. So it took a long, long time. In fact, there's a, a one hour documentary on my new DVD where I talk about this extensively and show clips of the funny pants and all the eras in between to where I am now because people don't believe it exists. People who don't know me and don't know me more than 10 years, they go, fuck off. It's not true. Then I posted that shit on YouTube and the number of people that have said what you've said, they can't believe it. I put it out there so everyone knows. You know, it's like I may think I'm all that and a bag of shit, but look it, I'm not. I used to be that. You know, oh, We no. all can grow from shit. You know? I like, don't think there's one comic that was really good in their first year.
4: <laughs> very think, rare. I it's think, very rare. I know some people who've claimed it. Probably well, have claimed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
3: that's those comedians saying that, not, I not and let's other not, people. And let's not pick on Dave Martin
2: because he's not here <laughs> to defend himself. <laughs> Boom. Okay, well, we unfortunately, wrap. we have to wrap this up, but we're going to have you back in a couple weeks because we we're going to talk about podcasts, and we're going to have you on because we, you have a podcast, right?
4: I do, I do. It's called News Talk Go. If you want to go to www.johnhastingscomedy.com, just hit on podcast, hit subscribe, and you can hear my nasally groan uh, talking about uh, the stupidest news of the week with uh, comedian Matt O'Brien. Okay. And then we have guests on. It's basically what you guys are doing in here only without the technology. We do it in his bachelor apartment yeah. Yeah, with an good. omnidirectional microphone. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is the this is my f- final salvo, and I think Darren and Kathleen and Dave, if he was here, would agree, is comedians <laughs> inherently... We like the sounds of our own voices. Of course. So, you see, Darren decided he wanted to get himself a place where he can come and talk and do jokes and entertain in a different way. That was the same thing with podcasting. If you're a young comedian, I don't know where you are, but find other ways to be funny. Don't just rely on stand-up. A lot of guys rely on stand-up or sketch or improv. And, like, you got so much technology right now, it's absolutely insane. That uh, Pat and Oswald recently said, and I think it's completely true. That if you don't figure out how to make money at this, it's really starting to become your fault because there's so much out there to do it. And here's what I need you to do: help me make some money by going to News Talk Go and <laughs> oh, free. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder
2: whether the
3: what message was. Lazy little salesman I have sitting oh next to I
4: had them both on the edge of my seats. That uh, I was like, uh, I could make this really nice, or I could fucking just uh, oh, pull the ripcord. Please,
3: forward. please. Listen, but where are you going to be this weekend?
4: I'm going to be at the Halifax Yuck Yucks Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's two shows Saturday, both 8 and 10, and then uh, 8.30 both Thursday and Friday. Me and that Canadian guy, Glenn Foster. So he's going to talk about taxes for a good hour, and uh, <laughs> I will probably, I don't know, I get the, I'm working on a new joke about how uh, God's an asshole, but in a good way, which I think I might debut for the Haligonians. I don't know. I'm just excited to get the drunk. The comedy The
2: real comedy is going to be watching Glenn try to pick up chicks afterwards. Okay. We'll talk <laughs> about hey, that Hey, I'm later. that Canadian guy. What? Yeah, well, who? Aren't we all Canadian? Okay, so uh, thank you, uh, John Hastings, for coming in, and please come back when we do our podcast episode. All right. Goodbye. Yay!
1: Sometimes joy is a four-letter word. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Smoother than a stripper's area. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee.
2: Okay, we're back, and that was our nice little interview with John Hastings. Didn't that go very well, Kathleen? Yeah, he's such a nice boy. and It was really
3: neat how we got the interview through without somebody going, "Ah, Matt, Matt,
2: Matt! Uh, 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 Darren, (laughs) uh, why do you always have to... Um, but, uh, this weekend, yeah, uh, that was a reference to me, wasn't it? Because I wasn't oh, look who, yeah, look who showed up again. decided What, uh, what's going on this weekend for you, Kathleen?
3: This weekend I will be in Kitchener with, uh, Chuck Byrne and Brian Hatt at the Kitchener Yuck Yucks. So there's two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, and that will be a fun, that show, that's my, one of my favorite Yuck Yucks.
2: Okay. Kitchener. And Dave, what's going on with you?
0: Uh, next weekend I'm going to be on Saturday. Two shows at Time to Laugh in Kingston with Kate Davis. Uh, one show I think at, uh, it's either at 730 or, it's either 7.30 or 8, and then the other show's at
2: 10.30. And I will be at the Oakville Yuck Yucks. I'm MCing. I'm not sure who I'm MCing for, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just MCing. So you're a nice guy, Darren. I mean, I'm a nice MC, guy. It's, it's, it's horseshit. The world's a nice place. And so. you can
3: go and get a Wendell burger.
2: I could go get a Wendell Burger. Or
3: a the Chicken Schnitzel Club. See, I know what food to order at what clubs. Jesus Christ. That's she, so good.
2: Kathleen should have her own
0: show where she just like does a set somewhere and then and she eats. goes off and then she eats and then.
3: Because I like it.
0: And then, and then uh, wakes up and does the whole thing again.
2: I have a feeling, Dave, you'd probably watch anything Kathleen is in. I don't think it really has anything to do with food or anything else. I just think you'd watch. When, uh,
0: yeah, I would just watch with my hands above the table, not texting or anything like that. Rubbing
2: that mustache.
0: Mm. You are fixated on the stash. It, it is, because hey, It, it is creeps a, me out more than it probably um, creeps else out. You know what it out. is, though?
3: It is a fixation because mustaches are not the norm. And, uh, you know, I am a fan of the mustache, and uh, I appreciate all of the the, the stuff that's gone into ball cancer this month.
0: Oh, you just you uh, you appreciate the uh, what men are doing and uh, yeah. raising awareness,
3: yeah, through their
0: stashes.
2: Yeah, exactly. See, I don't know when I, if I see one more mustache, I'm like maybe cancer should win. It's just I don't want to see that.
3: But sometimes you see a, a, an older gentleman with a mustache, and you're like, "Are you pissed off that it's November? Are you like, hey, you either commit to it or you fucking don't? Yeah, like you're a pussy.
2: You're just a fucking weekend warrior. Don't wear a mustache be for a look month. At me. I'm gonna
0: dig up Darren's old headshot, and I'm Darren put had it a on mustache. Our Facebook page where Darren has a mustache and he's wearing his great kazoo shirt, and it, it is uh, okay.
2: For the record, I do not have a mustache. In that, he did have a mustache. No, I do not. And what it's the hell just, was that? It's just a couple of hairs. I it can't was a, grow mustache, a mustache
0: though caterpillar that was his only friend i saw
3: that mustache headshot when i was in saskatoon yeah, I, I like my first it. time in saskatoon it was like my first year in comedy and i knew you from that and i was walking by the headshot board and it's all these old headshots like seriously of like of like old comics now looking pretty young <laughs> and uh yeah, there's I mean- one of darren and i was like who the fuck is that
2: that's Darren Frost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. But you know what? I grew up. I realized a mustache isn't a cool thing. It's like it's fucking disgusting. It's unless you're Freddie Mercury, you cannot pull off the mustache.
1: Or, or,
0: or unless you're raising awareness for a, a horrible disease that affects so many people these days.
2: Why is it just white guys that are doing this too? Yeah, exactly. It's like- does, does the ball cancer only affect white guys? I don't know,
3: but I, like I haven't seen a lot of black guys with mustaches.
2: Well, or, I, don't, I don't know or, if black dudes can really grow
0: out the stash the way that the white man can. You, Why? Are, are you a fucking idiot?
2: They got a, a thing mustache. mustaches like fucking dudes with mustaches? I don't black? think black people can grow mustaches. Well, I, You're disgusting, I'm trying Dave. to
3: find a reason.
2: What the fuck? White man can't jump and black guys can't fucking grow because mustaches? Because black men don't about? want
3: to look like assholes. Right. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to look like black a fucking guys idiot. Black don't look like
2: fucking retards. <laughs> oh,
0: so, I, so Isaac Hayes and Melvin Van Peebles, they were all assholes. Who's
3: Melvin Van Peebles? So, the
0: father of Mario Van Peebles who did the uh, black exploitation class. Classic, uh sweet sweetbacks badass song one of the greatest movies out of the 70s thank you very much oh
3: and and black dynamite has a mask a mustache uh, so. So, mask and, 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 now, mask.
0: and and now you're contradicting your your own statement about uh, black dudes and mustaches so
3: what? I don't know what he meant. he just Dave sometimes just wants us to look like assholes because he always looks like an asshole. <laughs> he just wants us I don't he just wants it to be fair here. He just wants us all to look like idiots <laughs> when
2: he's doing the best job of it in, here. In the break, Dave asked me to try on his sweater. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying on that sweater. Dave is so upset by the sweater. Dave is it's crazy. Like, like a, if right. anybody sees Dave on the street and he's wearing his sweater, go, I love that sweater,
3: Dave! I think it was a nice sweater, but again, I did not force him to buy it. Even Victoria
2: commented and said it was a nice sweater.
3: You know what? Argyle sweaters are something that the ladies, but ladies like it. And really, does Dave want to impress men or does Dave want to impress ladies?
2: And with that mustache, does
0: he want to impress men or women? I want to raise awareness. I want to do something uh, uh, other than for myself.
2: (laughs) I want to raise awareness for cancer with this caterpillar on my lip. Yes. with attracting all the men looking at your face now. And that sweater, they're like, wow, that sweater's nice. Oh, my God. Dave, see, why do that's, you even... Just,
0: oh, this sweater should be your new cum rag, because that's how fucking fixated you are on it. <laughs> and I'll sham off my stash, and you can just jerk off into it in a saucer, Darren. And then finally,
2: Dave will be happy. Oh my god. No, I
0: won't, actually. That will not uh, contribute to my happiness at all.
2: I, what I love what I love is Dave doesn't understand how the show works. Like, every week he stinks. it comes to like, it's going to be different this week. If I wear a nice sweater, it's going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I put this sweater on, he's not going to attack me. And then he's like, he's all cross-armed right now, my fucking sweater i put this fucking sweater i bought this
3: sweater no one told me to buy this sweater dave is adorable though he i mean he's a good sport for taking it but i mean he is also dave and he brings it on himself it's not like it's not like we're just coming out i didn't tell him to wear it i said it looked nice and he bought it because i said it looked good So, whatever. Can I talk about, can I say my exciting news? I got exciting news this week. Oh, yeah,
2: tell us your exciting news.
3: I'm very excited uh, because uh, I've never done a New Year's gig in my comedy career. I've been in comedy for, it'll be five years in February. So, I've never been booked on a New Year's show. And uh, this year, I got booked on my very first New Year's show, and it's going to be at Massey Hall,
2: (laughs) which I was pretty fucking excited about. That is a big deal. That's a great, great show.
3: It's a big show and John Doerr is going to be headlining it. So it should be really, really super fun. And I promise not to chug a bottle of champagne again like I did last year when I came and hang out with, hung out with you guys in Kitchener. Yeah, yeah. Because that was... And you got hammered. And showed everyone my panties. Fucked up.
2: You still have the video of that? I the video for oh, that. shit. Oh, yeah. We should post that no, on No, we're not posting that on the yeah. Facebook. <laughs> right, right beside the picture of Dave in the sweater. Right beside that. We're going to have that right next to it. Uh, that was the worst New Year's of my life
3: last year. I got way too drunk. And then, Darren, you're just a little instigator. Oh, you just yeah. kept buying
2: shots oh, and right, buying dude. shots. I, and- I had to drive. If I, if I had to drive and you got a hotel room, you can get hammered.
3: That is so not cool. It was bad. Don't ever. This is just a PSA for everyone. Don't think it's cool to chug champagne on New Year's uh, because it's not. Because you will vomit.
2: And don't do a radio
0: show with Darren Frost and Kathleen McGee.
3: <laughs> if your name is Dave Martin. <laughs> Otherwise,
2: we'll totally and respect you, you and be polite. you can trust yourself without someone's opinion. Anyways, uh, that is the show. No, Dave, you we're done. The show's done. Opi- shows, done. show's done. Show's done. Show's done. Show's uh, done. If you have any questions or concerns, or would like to see Dave's uh, sweater, we're going to post oh, a picture of on
3: Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook. If you have some emails, of, of anger emails Dave, about Dave's, Dave's, Dave's nasty sweater, p- please email us at... You said it
2: was nice. <laughs> Dave, it's going to be looking for christmas gifts so if we want anyone who, who's got a really shitty sweater to send it to the xm studio <laughs> i'm gonna find the sweater my sister bobby that had elephants and trees on the front when i turn 36 i'm gonna get that sweater for dave for christmas so anyone that's got you know an old sweater that their grandmother knit and you, you don't have the you know the balls to give it to goodwill anymore then send it off to xm and we'll give it to dave so how do they what's the email darren uh, the email is laughattack at xmradio.ca or our telephone number is 1877 XM laugh. Thanks so, for being part of the best show in, ever. In the best show ever and uh, until next week, uh, dress yourselves.
1: As and Way.